My name is Randy Stotts, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Courier. Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley and he scores. What a goal from Josh Byrne. Kayla Trainer fires to score. You're kidding me. By Dylan Warren. Gets topside. Rambo scores. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk presented by Ducan Supply Co. I'm Hutton Jackson here with my co-host, Adam Moore, and we are doing our mock PLL entry drafts. We are really excited to break down our mocks. They're probably going to be completely wrong. Uh, we'll find out on Thursday, but we are excited to talk some PLL entry draft. Before we do, James Riley has ALS and he's battling ALS. Uh, there's a fundraiser going on for him called Rally with Riles. Um, so we wanted to bring some attention to that. The GoFundMe page is gofundme.com slash F slash rally dash with dash Riles, which is R-E-I-L-L-S. So feel free to um, go ahead, check out that page and consider donating um, their, their goal is $500,000 and, you know, it would be a really great cause for us to donate to, um, someone battling ALS, uh, someone within the lacrosse community. So we appreciate those that reached out to bring this to our attention and we're happy to bring some more attention to it, hopefully, but, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, but Adam, how excited are you to talk some PL entry draft? The day is almost here. I can't believe that, like how quickly it came. I feel like yeah. we were waiting for a long time then all of a sudden, bam, like it's the week of the entry draft. So how are your feelings right now? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to, to tune in Thursday. I'm honestly kind of a bit anxious with, with my draft, right? I like <laughs> changed it around about 10 times. I, I don't 100% feel confident in, in my ultimate three round mock. It's, it's, there are so many players uh, that are available that are going to be not drafted uh, that are going to hit the waiver wire for coach Quirk to snag up first and, and then the rest of the league. So um, I'm, I'm not 100% confident if I'm being honest with you, it was, I was changing stuff around. We'll talk about the domino effect, right? If one thing changes a lot in the draft changes after that uh, it was tough for me to be honest with you, but I'm excited to chat and, and, and go through both of our drafts. You know, I, I started my mock, before even the expansion draft, before we even protected players were announced. And, you know, just as like a preliminary. And when I kind of finally came back to it, I was like, wow, this is complete garbage. <laughs> it just wasn't even on the money. I mean, yeah. I think Atlas was a big one where I had a few players go in the Atlas that will never, would never go there now um, just because of the moves they kind of make or, or vice versa. Now there's, you know, the doors kind of wide open for them to take some other players. But uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it's definitely exciting. Um, you know, again, we could completely be way off. We're pretty similar in our mocks, but not too similar enough, I think. You know, we like to joke we have the same brain, but I think we differed a little bit on some of our picks. But I think that's just a testament, again, to the talent in this league. There's guys that, you know, I left off my draft list that are going to be playing significant minutes for a team and going to get scooped up in the waiver wire pretty quickly. So um, we'll talk about those guys a little bit later. But let's start off with round one. Um, consensus number one pick. I know we debated back and forth whether it's even a question when he's going to go number one, but we both finished with Lyle Thompson, number one on our draft to the Cannons. Thoughts on Lyle going number one and why is it such a no-brainer? I mean, does anything have to be said? It's Lyle Thompson. He's the best player in the world. Uh, 
it is a no-brainer, like you said. Uh, I know we talked at length about potential trade options for that pick, but uh, at the end of the day, you don't do it. You keep it, and you take the best player in the world, Lyle Thompson. Yeah, and I, we, we both can agree that even if there is a trade that happens, which we at this late in the game, we don't think it will, um, it's still going to be Lyle Thompson. It's just you know a matter of which team trades for that number one pick. So we, we are pretty confident he's going number one overall in this draft. Not much more needs to be said. And then it gets interesting from there because, you know, things differ drastically um, from two all the way down. And I will start with my pick for number two, going to the Archers. Their offense is loaded. Yep. They could add another pole. They could add a face-off guy. I don't care. They're going with Randy Stotts because he is the best player available, I think, after Lyle Thompson. Um, I toyed with them taking a defender. Um, wasn't confident enough to have them take a face-off guy because they do have Stephen Kelly coming back. But I'm going with Randy Stotts at number two. I think he's going to fit in seamlessly. I mean, he's just, you know, this offense is going to be ridiculously loaded. I still think they need to address some needs. Maybe they'll do this later in my mock. But Randy Stotts going to the Archers because if they don't take him there, he's getting scooped up by either the Atlas or Water Dogs. But where do you have – who do you have going at number two for your draft? Yeah, you mentioned the the face-off side of things. I think the Archers are a pretty complete team, and that's a spot they could improve. And why not improve with one of the, guy, the best guys in the game, in Max Adler? Um, he's already he, – he wore orange uh, with the uh, Outlaws. Might as well keep that orange theme going and stick them on the Archers. He really uh, increases um, their chances to make a championship. He, he's really – um, a fantastic face-off guy, and I think he'd be a great fit for that Archer squad. Reunites him with, uh, you know, fellow outclaw uh, Eli Gobrecht as well. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that would be a great move for the Archers if they really don't feel confident in Collie because if they take him at number two, there's a huge domino effect, yep. you know, with where, um, you know, everyone else goes and what the chaos do because I think the chaos are really hoping they can land him um, in this first round. But moving on to pick number three, we both agreed on this one. So I'll ask you, who do you have going to Atlas? I have uh, 2020 MLL Rookie of the Year, Dan Bucaro. I do too. And um, I think, you know, what the Atlas were able to do this offseason, kind of shoring up that attack. You can play him at attack. You can play him from the midfield. If you do end up drafting Michael Sowers, um, he's very versatile, you know, very young, you know, only two years out of college now. Um, and he – like you said, lit it up last year in the MLL. I think he's going to light it up in the PLL as well. Um, so, yeah, I have Dan Bacar going to them as well. Um, you know, I think they, maybe they could consider taking a Stotts, but, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with you in terms of how our mocks shake up that they end up going with Dan Bacaro. Now, number four, we differed a little bit as well. The Water Dogs here, you know, trading for Ryan Brown, I think opened up their options a little bit more. I think they don't necessarily have to go attack side. So what I had them doing at number four is taking Ben Randall. I think he is the best pole available. Uh, we are hearing that there could be another big signing coming. Um, we're recording this on Saturday. So maybe already come, come out this episode, one of those episodes out on Monday, yeah. um, but we'll get to that a little bit later. But right now I have Ben Randall. I think he's the best pole available. My opinion. I know people are throwing out Warren Jeffrey, Liam Burns. We'll get to those two guys a little bit later. They're definitely on this mock, but I have Ben Randall going to the water dogs again, replaces Brody Merrill there. He can play against Lyle Thompson. He can play against Matt Rambo. He's done it in the past. Um, he's the guy that you want to be your top cover guy. So I have him going to number four at the War Dogs. Who do you have the War Dogs taking at number four? Yeah, it makes sense. But uh, a guy that's still on my board because of the Adler pick at two uh, is Randy Stotts. He's the best player available still on the board. And I don't see uh, 
the Water Dogs passing on a talent like Randy Stotts, I have him going to the Water Dogs. He was going to the Water Dogs on my mock for the longest time. And, uh, you know, I just think he's so good that that's why I kind of have the archers taken him. But uh, I agree. I think it would be great fit if he can land to the Water Dogs at four. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility as well. Um, you know, definitely going to be some shakeup depending on who the archers take at number two. Yep. Number five, I have the Chrome taking Liam Burns because they lost Resetti to expansion. Liam Burns can play LSM. That's kind of where he thrives. But he can also move him to close as well. And, you know, they also lost Jake Pulver. So you kind of, you know, kill two birds with one stone by taking Liam Burns. I think he's the, the next best pole available. Some can argue maybe, you know, he's right up there with Randall, if not ahead of him. But I have the Chrome taking him. The Chrome are pretty much set at a lot of different facets, um, you know. But you, they got defenders getting up in age like Mike Manley and Joel White. So that's why I really like them taking Liam Burns here at number five. But who did you have going at number five to the Chrome? Yeah, Burns is your second best uh, poll. My Our first best poll is still on the board for me. That's Ben Randall. So I had him slide into five. Uh, fits in really well with that Chrome defense. Yeah, no, I, I think they can solidify another or poll there. And you got Jesse Bernhardt. And maybe you can move Joel White, have him play more of an LSM role that he you know has thrived in in his past career in the MLL. Um, and you don't have to have him down at close as much. So you could have Manley, Bernhardt, and um, – Randall there I think it's a solid defense again yep. and Chrome Chrome are pretty much set they were a little tougher I think for each of us we think they might go more best player available just because you know they do have some needs as we mentioned but you know they're not really hurting for any specific position sure now number six we both agreed on this one I know we had him potentially going a little bit higher but it just felt right Zach Goodrich to the Cannons both for us number six um what about Zach Goodrich's game makes him the best short stick defensive midi in this draft I mean, he's completely versatile. Um, and, you know, it's a great thing about Goodrich is, too. Uh, we heard Coach Quirk say he wanted to bring some cannons back. Why not reunite uh, him with Coach Quirk, who won, they won a championship last summer. Uh, so he's just fantastic footwork, tons uh, of defensive ability. He's a perfect fit for this cannon squad. Yeah, can push and transition if needed. Um, he's almost like another pole out there without having a pole. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, he could potentially go earlier than yeah. six. He's that good. But a lot of these teams we mentioned are pretty set at the short stick defensive mini position. And, you know, going off of need, I think it, it makes more sense that he'll fall to the cannons. And again, makes it a, another stroke of genius for Quirk, you know, with that Rabel trade that we mentioned earlier was big because they moved up to six as opposed to nine. I don't think Goodridge is still available if he has to wait till nine. I think, you know, the whip snakes who are in need of a short stick defensive mini, maybe take him there. Now we both had Maryland guys going to the whips at short six defensive midi number seven but we actually differed on each guy i have isaiah davis allen going he is one of the best again cover short stick defensive middies um him and goodrich i think are probably cream of the crop coming not just coming over but even in the league in general like if you're ranking the top three or top five they're in that list um you can make a case they're one and two but uh i know you're gonna make a case that there might be a different pick because you actually have Nick Manis going to the Whip Snakes. Yep. So tell me a little bit about Nick Manis, also a Bayhawk guy, and why you think he is a good fit for this Whip Snakes team. He was on the national championship team when uh, Maryland won uh, back in 2017. Fits really well with the rest of those Maryland guys. I could see him going to a number of different spots, but uh, I think he's a really, really good fit uh, to replace um, that need that the whips have at uh, defensive midi. I just think he really fits seamlessly into that squad. Yeah. And, you know, I will say 
although I think uh, it's still IDA at seven in my book, um, he is, has a little bit more offensive potential too than IDA does. Um, you know, he, he played midfield uh, for Maryland um, and, and he got a lot of shifts on defensive mini. And then when he got to the pros, it was more, you know, he took a role, more of a defensive minded role. Also picked up a pole for them. Yep. Um, the Bayhawks too uh, last season as well. So I know people coaches are pretty high on him. He's not appearing on many mocks. Um, again, I think it's a little early for him to go at seven. He's actually not on my mock draft, but that just shows that again, the parody of the, these players coming over, yeah. but um, yeah, another yeah. Maryland guy potentially going and he kind of shores up that Max Tuttle role as well. Not just the um, hole left from Ty Warner. Yeah. And, and here's the thing too. I think, you know, coach Staggs and the whip stakes are in a position to take players that that just fit their roster, the guys they want, right? They don't have many holes to fill, two-time back-to-back champions. If they think Manis is the guy they want, they have the ability to just take whoever the best, not necessarily the best player on the board, like some teams may be going, um, but a guy that just fits their culture, fits the fits a role really well with them. They can just have the ability to do that. Let's move on to number eight. This one's interesting for both of us because – I have Max Adler going to the chaos. I see him dropping to eight for the chaos. He's actually the only face-off guy I take in this draft because he's currently the only one signed that I think is an upgrade. Now, Alex Woodall is another guy that we could both have seen going in our mock drafts. He's not signed with the league, and it doesn't sound like he is going to sign with the league, which is maybe some breaking news to some people because um, I think he would have been an upgrade at face-off for a lot of players too, but it doesn't sound like he's going to play in the PLL this year. So there's your little breaking news uh, for Alex Woodall, but I have Max Adler going to the chaos. They need face off. Um, I'm curious to see who you have the chaos taking now though, because he got scooped up by the archers. So who do you have at number eight? Yep. I have uh, Liam Burns uh, on the board. I think they, that is a big pickup for the chaos really helps them on the defensive side of the ball um, really fits in seamlessly, did a, a really good job um, with the barrage last season. And I think, uh, Coach Towers will be happy to welcome Liam Burns to his squad. Yeah, and we, we saw the bomb squad a little quiet last year. Yeah. Uh, if you had Burns, he's going to get some transition goals, you know. And then you got Burns, who you, you, again, you can play kind of down low if you need be or also get them shifts at LSM. You know, they have Troy Ray and Matt Reese at LSM. Um, and they have, you know, Newman, Rowlett, and now hopefully Sertic coming back, hopefully more frequently um, this summer. So, you know, Burns, I think you can fit kind of all over the field. And I think that's what yeah. makes him so valuable and maybe why he maybe goes above a Randall. I know we don't, but have him going ahead of Randall. But, you know, in some people's drafts, they do because he's, you know, that versatile. So um, I like the pick to the chaos. Um, again, I, I'm hoping Max Adler falls to them. If not, man, there's going to be, it's going to be interesting what this draft does and what the chaos yeah. do because they don't have a faceoff guy. And I don't think they want to necessarily trade for one already in the league having left Tommy Kelly unprotected. So we'll see, but that is our round one. Um, Pretty, pretty varied a little bit there. You know, I don't think we were, we only agreed really on Dan Bacaro, Zach Goodrich and Lyle Thompson, but no shock there for Lyle. Um, We're going to take a quick break and then we'll get back into rounds two and rounds three. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military-inspired products from their signature big-ass bar of soap to their bourbon-infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Ducanon, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent. Welcome back to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. All right, welcome back. Now it's time to go into rounds two and rounds three. Two great defenders have already gone off the board. We have the Atlas now sitting at nine because of that Paul Rabel trade. I think they could use another poll. So I'm going with Warren Jeffrey, who I know our boy Joe Keegan is pretty high on. A lot of people are high on. Um, I still think, again, my personal opinion, Randall is better. But Jeffrey has proven he can play with the best of the best. Um, Been phenomenal for the Bayhawks past two years. And I think the Atlas would really love having him on their team. So I have him going at nine. Who do you have going at nine? I have Mr. Andrew Q going at number nine to the Atlas. You know, he, they're building a young squad. Uh, you know, Ryan Brown is no longer on, on the team after getting traded to the water dog. So uh, I think Andrew Q fits uh, the mold of an outside off ball shooter um, scored the winning goal in the, uh, in the MLL championship two seasons ago, runner up uh, to rookie of the year in the NLL. He just fits that mold. Uh, that I think Coach Rubio is looking for. I think he'd be a perfect fit uh, for that rebuilding Atlas squad. Yeah, I actually had Q going to the Atlas in some other mocks um, in the third round, mm-hmm. and he actually fell off my list. And again, that's a testament to the amount of talent that there is. Andrew Q is going to have a position on the team. He's going to see significant minutes, and he's going to light it up this summer. And him drafted. That's just how good this talent pool is, yeah. you know, and maybe I'm crazy. And I, we want to hear your snubs too. So when we put this out there on, you know, not just the podcast, but our final draft li- mock draft list on article format too. let us know your snubs. I'm sure there's a bunch of them. We're going to get into them later as well. But um, I, I do love Andrew Q going to the Atlas. That's a, a team that I think he would fit in well, because there's very few lefty spots available yeah. if you're a team um, and you feel comfortable with, the guys you have it really, in my opinion, is really just the whips and potentially Atlas. They have Cloutier at that left position too, but you know, they've shown that they can use him kind of all over the field. Um, they can make him more of a crease presence as well. Um, yeah, I, I like that pick. Don't see it happen. Um, again, Q's not even on my mock. So again, we're already differing kind of drastically here, but let's go on to 10 with the archers. This one was kind of tough for us, I think. Um, and again, when we mentioned the player that we are hearing might sign later, it'll get even more wonky, but I have Brian Cole going to the archers. I think they could use another midfielder. He, he, you could run him at attack. You, you could do a lot with him. Again, it's another offensive guy and you, everyone's probably wondering like, wow, Hutton, you mentioned that they need defense and already they're taking two more offensive guys, despite adding Connor Fields also in uh, the off season. But I think he's a good fit. I, you know, I don't think he's not going to be a guy that's going to demand the ball a lot and you could really put him in there and I think he'll perform. So I have him going to the archers. I have him, you know, going to a bunch of different teams before then um, and falling a little bit later, but I have him going to the archers at 10. Who do you have at 10? 
Yeah, I have them, you know, a guy that you already mentioned, Warren Jeffrey, helping them on the defensive side of the ball uh, to pair up uh, with Gobrek and Matt McMahon. I think that's a role that you already had filled for them. Uh, and I think uh, I fill that role just one round later, round two with Warren Jeffrey. Yeah, no, I, I, I think um, because obviously Jeffrey's off the board in my draft, I think they would have taken him. And I actually will get to that a little bit later. Um, but I think he could fall to that second round. You know, I don't see him going to the first round, even though some other people were saying they do, uh, you know, that's just me. It just depends on who you value. Again, we yeah. had two, both had two polls going in the first round. Um, I think most would agree that two polls will go in the first round. It's a question of whether, you know, it's a Warren Jeffrey, Ben Randall or Liam Burns though, really when it comes down to it. Yep. Moving on to 11, we have the Redwoods. I like Mikey Schlosser here. I think he would be a perfect fit, especially losing Brent Adams. I think you have Mikey Schlosser here as well. Is that correct? Correct. So, you know, you mentioned this on the pod last episode. Um, I kind of, you know, copied your notes a little bit because I really liked when you said that. And I think it'd be a perfect fit. And I don't think there's a lot of teams that necessarily need a Mikey Schlosser um, just because his skill set is a little bit different than what the, you know, he's going to have 10 less yards to work with on the field he's more of a downhill dodger but he is that fast and that good that he will definitely get drafted and i like him going to the redwoods any thoughts that you want to add on mikey slosser no i just when when i think mikey slosser i just immediately thought of him on the redwoods for some reason like i said on the pod last week so i uh stuck with my guns kept him at 11 think he's a good fit for that team no i agree obviously that we have both agreed on that one moving on to 12 water dogs interesting spot um you know, when we posted a tweet about a month ago, I think it was about Nick Morocco, Brian Phipps, and Sean Scannoni coming over to the league. I think those are probably consensus top three goalies coming over. You could make a case for a few others, Nick Washuda, Chris Madelon, um, even maybe Austin Kalt. But those, I think, were the three. And the person that liked that tweet was Coach Copeland. So mm-hmm. I think he has his eyes set on adding another goalie. He's got to keep uh, Matt DeLuca and Cipriano but I think he could upgrade and take a Sean Scannone. So that's who I have him taking at 12 um, with, you know, the pick. I have Sean Scannone going to the Water Dogs. Who do you have at 12? I have the same. Uh, we, for, for how differ, differentiating we've been this thus far, we have two picks in a row. Uh, the same here, you know, NCAA goalie of the year, back-to-back MLL goalie of the year. He's a proven guy up to this point in his two years in professional ball. Um, it'd be an interesting battle to see if uh, DeLuca uh, or Scannone gets the job. But I think, obviously, based off of uh, the last two years, it's Scannone's job. So I think uh, that's definitely a place to solidify uh, for the Water Dogs is in cage, and, and Scannone's a good one to fill that role. No, I agree. And, you know, I toyed with maybe them taking Morocco instead. Um, again, I, you know, we'll get to Morocco a little bit later uh, and the reasons why he falls a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with Scannone. And again, back-to-back MLL goaltender of the year. Um, you know, I think he can hang with the best of these goalies. Goalie position is one that's pretty set, though, for a lot of these PLL teams. And that's why I think the Water Dogs are really, you know, Water Dogs and Cannons are really the only two that I think maybe could take a goalie. You could maybe see the Chrome try to get the heir apparent to John Galloway. But um, the way we both shake out, Scannone goes to the Water Dogs. Um, and then moving on to 13, the Chrome. I think we both have this guy going in the Chrome, but I may have him a little bit earlier. I like Ryan Lee going in the Chrome. I think he's electric. um, And I think he is going to fit in perfectly. He's just a different attackman that they don't really already have. You know, Jordan Wolf 
speedy guy from X. Justin Gardin can shoot, kind of do it all. Um, you even got Mac Audette as a crease presence. Ryan Lee can do the two-man game with Jordan Wolf from behind. He can be a crease presence. He is just a finisher all over the field. Every goal he has in the MLL seems to be a highlight goal. Um, so if you haven't watched any Ryan Lee film, you've been missing out. Okay. RIT guy also, which they have a few RIT guys on there like Jordan McIntosh. You can run them from midfield. So much to say about Ryan Lee. I, you know, I'll let you handle it because it sounds like you had him as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, uh, RIT's all-time goal scorer, points leader, um, D3 life, right? You know, you and I both always love uh, Absolutely. the D3 guy. So, I mean, he's a phenomenal addition uh, to this Chrome squad. I think he's going to fit in really, really well if he does slide uh, to the second round for them to take him. Three picks in a row the same. Can we go four for four? I think we can because we both have Challen Rogers going to the Atlas at 14, two-way threat. Can shoot from range, lit it up in the with the cannons the past couple of years. Transition player of the year back to back with the Rock. Challen Rogers, I think, would be a huge pick. And he played under Coach Rubior when Rubior was an assistant with the Cannons. So there's already that connection there. High character guy, which I know Rubior values. So talk a little bit about Challen Rogers' game and why you think he's a great fit for the yeah, young boy. Honestly, I think he's one of the most underrated guys coming in. Uh to the to this entry draft you know you don't hear him as much uh as i was expecting to i know obviously uh we, we dug deep into nll action the last few years so maybe maybe that's why um but i mean he's a phenomenal guy i think his game transitions super well uh to the pll with the short and fear field um being a two-way guy and and how well he can do on both ends uh, of the field so i think he helps solidify the defense for the atlas uh when he's at that end and also uh, is a fantastic finisher. So I think this is a perfect pick uh, for art for the Atlas. Yeah. And he had a laser behind the back last year in that MLL bubble. That was just absurd. So again, like the guy can score too. I remember 2019, he had a cool highlight where he literally caused a turnover, got the ground ball and ripped the two point goal. You're going to see a lot of that. I think in the PLL, he's, you know, almost like a Zach Courier esque. I mean, he he's beaten out Zach Courier for that transition player of the year in the NLL. So that's just, shows you how like his caliber for those that were, you know, not sure really who Zach Courier was last year. I think Challen Rogers is probably in that same boat. Like watch out for this guy. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think it's a great fit for him on the, the Atlas. And then moving on to 15 is the whip snakes. Now we differ on this one, um, but I like Mark Cockerton. I had him possibly going to the Atlas as well. He also has that rapport with coach Rubior, but there's not many teams, again, that I, I mentioned this before, that really need lefties, and he can do a little bit more than just shoot. So I like to see him on the whip snakes. They could really have him on that lefty spot, but, you know, they do those mumbo sets too. So you can move him kind of all over the field. Um, and just imagine, you know, Matt Rambo having a Zed Williams on one side and then having a Mark Cockton on the other side. And then you even have Jay Carlson as a crease presence. I mean, that offense is already getting better. And, again, like you mentioned earlier, the whip snakes can kind of afford to – you know, pick based on needs as opposed to best player available. I think Mark Cogkinen, you know, I think they'd be happy to get him at 15. I think you might, you could argue that he's even fallen to 15, but who do you have the whip snaking at 15? Yeah, I, I have the, the, the whips staying on uh, the Terp snakes uh, bandwagon and I, I have them going with Brian Cole. I think he'd be a really good addition for, for this midfield um, fits in really well. Um, and I think he'd be a perfect transition guy. And I think he'd be a perfect fit uh, for, for this Whip Snakes offense. Yeah, no, he kind of fills that uh, 
whole, uh, you know, Max Tuttle left via expansion. So I, I had him going on the whips in my mock at some point too. I think it was maybe round three. And it just, you know, I felt like that was too low for him and I moved him up higher even, but I, I really am high on Brian Cole as well. So I like that pick. And now the final one, 16. This one was a little tough for me. Chaos are already loaded on the offensive side, but I have them taking Shane Jackson um, at 16. You know, another Canadian um, has thrived in a box style offense. Um, you know, hasn't really played with a lot of these other guys other than with Team Canada, but would be a seamless fit. Lefty finisher. Um, you know, I know they got Josh Byrne there, so that's why I was a little hesitant. But, um, you know, Shane Jackson is going to be another star in this league. And, uh, you know, I think he's a perfect fit for the chaos. But who do you have the chaos taking at 16? Yeah, and I, I know I've talked a lot about the Terps. I think they go with the Terps themselves with the chaos and they take IDA uh, right there. You know, they have uh, two strong uh, guys in Mark Lassini and Pat Resch already. But I think, uh, as you mentioned, they already have a really potent offense. And I think solidifying that defense even more with another short stick D midi uh, in Isaiah Davis Allen would be a perfect fit for Coach Towers. Yeah, no, and you know, they lost Tyson Bell in expansion. Um, I think that would be a steal if they got him in that second round, um, obviously, because I have him going in round one, but um, definitely would be a good fit, um, you know, on any team, really, IDA. You're, it's going to be an upgrade. As we mentioned, he's one of the top short stick defensive middies coming over, if not in the entire league. Now we'll go on to round three. We're not going to go through each pick in round three. I will give mine, Adam will give his, and we'll kind of give our, over our you know overview. But Nick Morocco, 17 to the Cannons. I think we both agreed on that one. That's you know, we would just love to see it. And I think it will happen. I have Michael Rexrow going to the archers. That's where they can actually solidify the defensive spot that I hadn't addressed in the earlier rounds. I got Colin Heacock going to the Redwoods. Um, it'd be nice, you know, to have him on the whip snakes with Matt Rambo. It wouldn't even be better if he was rivals with Rambo. Um, I think again, that kind of another way to address the loss of Brent Adams and you got him and Slosser coming in from the midfield, you know, again, I thought they could maybe take a face off. I don't think they take anybody though, because I think they feel pretty good about Pascoljan, um bouncing back. He only had two weeks with the PLL rules last year. He's competed against the best in the past. I think they feel comfortable going with Pascoljan and then maybe trying to target a TD in the draft. They'd have to move up probably to get him, but that's where I see them going. So that's why I don't have um, them taking a face off guy, even though that would probably be one of their biggest needs. Then I have Bryce Wasserman going to the water dogs. I have Chris Aslanian going in the Chrome. I'm really high on Chris Aslanian. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. He lit it up, lit it up for the Outlaws in 2019. He had 42 points in 2019 and was also pretty high on the points total as well last year in the MLL bubble. So he's a guy that, you know, again, we mentioned the Chrome are pretty set. I think maybe they take him, run him from the midfield. He can shoot from range. Um, he's a guy I think is sleeping. You know, maybe he falls off the draft board. And, you know, he ends up on the cannons or another team and through the waiver wire. But I really like Chris Aslanian enough to take him at 21. Then my favorite pick, probably Matt Abbott, 22 with the Atlas. He played with Rubior. They obviously cleaned house in terms of the older veteran presence. And you maybe want to replace that guy, you know, with a Matt Abbott, which I think would be a tremendous leader. He single-handedly won the Bayhawks that semifinals game in 2019, essentially getting the ground ball which led eventually to the game tying goal and then eventually a game winning goal. So I love Matt Abbott. I'm um, going to the Atlas at 22. Then CJ Costabile. Not a lot of people are talking about him. Could you imagine him on the whip snakes with Michael Earhart? Like two of the best LSMs in the history of the game right there. Um, so I love them maybe taking CJ Costabile. 
and having another pole out there that can wreak havoc. Can also face off as a change of pace if needed. Nardell has been doing fine, so I don't think they have to worry about that. But I love CJ at 23 with the whips. And then finally at 24, I could have gone a bunch of different ways with this one. But I have the chaos taking Kyle Plus because he's another great pole that's coming over. Maybe won't get drafted, but if he does, I think chaos would be a good fit because, as you mentioned, you know they take Liam Burns in your draft. Um, they could use another pole that can also play down low or also play at LSM. So that's why I have them taking Kyle Plus, and that is my third round. Let's go into your third round, Adam. Yeah, man. Uh, I, we were similar with that first pick. Nick Morocco reunites with Coach Quirk to make another championship run. Uh, with the Archers, I went Tommy Palasek. I think he'd be an interesting oh, I love it. Uh, to, to that Archer squad at the midfield. Um, I had CJ Costabile as well, um, but he'll be going against the Whips in that rivalry. And I had him going uh, to the Redwoods. I think he'd be an awesome addition um, for, for that Wood squad. Uh, both had Bryce Wasserman going to the Dogs at number 20. Uh, I had Matt Abbott as well, but I had him going at number 21 to the Chrome. I think he fits uh, their style really well. I think they're priming to win now, and I think Matt Abbott is a win-now guy. Uh, had a, a younger defenseman that already went off your board, Michael Rex Rhodes, going to the Atlas at 22. Um, reunited uh, Matt Rambo uh, and Colin Heacock. I just had to do it. Someone had to at 23, which I think will be a, a, a big uh, fan pick there. Uh, reuniting those two. And with my last pick, I, it's crazy to me. Um, I had uh, Shane Jackson going to the chaos as well, just around later than you did. Can't believe the NLL reigning NLL MVP is going with the last pick um, who already had a phenomenal um, field career uh, with the blaze and, and the barrage. So um, I think he, he's a great addition, as you already mentioned, uh, and the final pick in, in this year's entry draft. And that's why there's just so much talent in this league. I mean, you mentioned uh, Tommy Palasek, who I really toyed with in my draft. And I just, I couldn't do it because of his age at 31, which is the same reason why both of us didn't have Mark Matthews on our draft board. I mean, Mark Matthews is another guy that could, I think maybe get taken in the second round, but yep. could also fall off as well. I think age played a factor. in for that, for me, um, you know, both 31. And then obviously I didn't have Andrew Q. Um, age isn't a problem for him, but you know, it, it just shows how much talent is in this league. Um, you know, you didn't have Chris Landon, who's another sleeper people yep. might be sleeping on Kyle Pless, like, you know, there's a million ways to skin a cat and a million ways to do this PLL entry draft. But those are our entry drafts. Now, we're going to get into the final juiciest piece here. We're hearing that another big player is going to be signing and it's not Lyle. And it's not Nick Morocco because those two signings haven't been announced, but we're pretty positive they are joining the league. There is a guy that we don't know that could be signing and putting the pen to paper as we're recording this right now maybe even after but by the time monday is released we're hoping that he signed and we don't know who that is now i think that guy is graham hosick because we're hearing he's a round one type of guy and graham hosick would be an upgrade on any defense he's three-time reigning defender of the year in the nll you know he plays pole played pole at lindenwood in d2 in college but you can also run it short stick if you really need to now, if Graham Hasek is available, that has a massive ripple effect on my mock draft. I think he would then become the best poll available, which would obviously shake things up. So, again, we don't know if he's signed yet. He might be signing while we're recording this. He might sign after. But we're hoping that on Monday, if it is revealed that Graham Hasek is signing with the PLL, he shoots up my draft board. And I would have him going to the Archers at two, which would really shake things up. 
Because then I could see Randy Stotts falling to the Water Dogs at four, who rather than taking Ben Randall, take Stotts. Randall falls to the Atlas at nine, and that pushes Warren Jeffrey down to 16 with the chaos in my mock. Now, Warren Jeffrey going to 16 at the chaos also has a ripple effect. I see Chris S. Lanyon going to the Archers rather than taking Rex Road. And then Shane Jackson, who I originally had the chaos taking in round two, falling to the Chrome in round three. And finally, Michael Rex Road also going to the chaos um, as well. Now, I could also see them going maybe in a different direction because they took Warren Jeffrey. But that's kind of the ripple effect that I have in this draft. Maybe, you know what, they'll surprise me and take a Mark Matthews instead of a Michael Rex Road because they already shored up that position on the defensive end with Warren Jeffrey. Who knows? But all I know is if Graham Hossick signs with the PLL guys, he is going to be a round one pick and potentially top five. I think at least top five. You can guarantee that. Uh, you can take that to the bank. Um, and I have him going at number two in my mock draft if he signs with the league. Now, again, this is speculation. I don't know if it's Hossick. It could be another player that we haven't mentioned. There's a few players that we haven't even mentioned that doesn't even sound like they're going to sign with the league. Alex Woodall was one I did talk about. Dylan Malloy is another one that had obviously signed with the PLL um, initially, then went back with the MLL. doesn't sound like he's signing with the league. Jack Kerrigan, Mark Ivanchik, two defenders that performed at a high level last year in the MLL and Kerrigan's doing it for, been doing it for a couple of years, haven't signed. Um, you know, the list goes on too. Andrew Q. We talked about him a little bit. We didn't even mention Bradley Voigt, Brendan Sunday, Ben Martin, you know, Nate Solomon, Will Sands, Brendan Bomberry, Kyle Jackson. I mean, the list goes on and on guys. James Leary, Justin Pugel, Matt Gilray, you know, Chris Madelon, Nick Washuda. There's just so many guys. Um, we didn't mention Kevin Reisman is another face-off guy that could maybe be taken. Um, we both didn't see him going in this draft, but there's just a ton of guys that can go in this draft. So anyway, that's our mock guys. 240 camp spots are going to be up for grabs as well. So even if these guys don't get drafted, they could find their way on a roster and we're just looking forward to it. Um, but that wraps up another episode. Again, make sure to check out takeaways with Rick Beardsley. We had Casey Powell on last week and be sure to tune in for our entry draft coverage coming up this Thursday. Can't wait. Talk to you guys soon. And thank you guys again for listening to another episode of pro lacrosse talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military-inspired products from their signature big-ass bar of soap to their bourbon-infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Ducan, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent.